Hello, everybody, and welcome back to On the Rocks with Ranjane, where we talk about the good, the bad, and the sometimes drunkly that comes with growing up. I'm your host, Ranjane, and it's time to pour it out. As much as I want to come on here and talk about my birthday trip to Philadelphia, celebrating me around super people, drinking super drinks at super clubs, eating super good food and having super great times. I can't. I can't do that. And I can't do that not because my trip to Philadelphia was not fun, because it was all that and then some literally obsessed with the city at this point but the story does not lie in my time that I spent in Philadelphia I can share that at later point but where the story lies is what happened after leaving Philadelphia not even leaving Philadelphia fixing to leave Philadelphia it all starts in the Philadelphia airport okay so Let me set the scene for you guys. Flight was leaving at 7 p.m. My sister and her boyfriend takes me and my friend to the airport at 5. We go through the airport as one does. Nothing crazy is happening at this point, okay? Nothing. Like, nothing. It's just a very average trip through the airport. What do you do? You check in your bags. You go through security. You have to undress. Everyone's yelling at you. You know, you have to grab your stuff really quick, put it back on, and then you go and wait to board your plane. Fortunately, leaving Philly, we were on time and then some because when we were trying to go to Philly, I thought we were going to miss our flight. I'm not even going to lie. Um... We were hella late getting onto the highway. It was all fun and games until we were still like 15 minutes out. Our flight was boarding. Then we get to the airport. We have to find parking and then finding parking. We have to jump on the shuttle. We have to rush, check in our bag. Like getting there, that was a whole fucking ordeal as well. But leaving, leaving started off blissful. So blissful, in fact, that I had time to record TikTok videos, to take phone calls, to watch the Eagles game that was gracing the television. So much time, so much time to chill, to eat food, to drink drinks. If anything, the one thing that was kind of ruining my vibe was the fact that I had a massive headache. And I had said headache because I had gone out the previous night to celebrate my birthday and I had gotten fucked up. And that morning, whenever I woke up, I just knew that like it was my birthday. Like what the fuck? But I just knew that it was not going to be the best day because I was hungover because I am getting uh, relatively old and I can't hang like I once used to and I may have mixed some drinks and that's what got me okay (laughs) Mm, not gonna talk about it did not make the best decisions whenever it came to my alcohol but you know what you live and you learn so that morning I didn't even get to sleep in because my sister comes into I want to say my room but it was her room because she was letting me use her room (laughs) 
during my stay. But she comes in and she's like, are you going to wake up? Because you did say that you were going to hang out with me. <laughs> I was like, damn, on my birthday? Chill. We've been hanging out this whole weekend. What do you mean? I'm fucked up. Please do not yell at me. I really could do without the yelling. And at that point, I should have taken like a Tylenol, ibuprofen, Advil, anything to help because I was already like I already had woke up hungover. Actually, I probably had woke up and I was still a little bit drunk, if I'm being completely honest. But I should have taken medicine. I should have drank water. I should have taken these preventative measures to help aid me back to health. Right. Because I knew first thing when I woke up that I did not feel well. Also, after I drink, my body does this really cool thing that recently just started where I get a fever and I don't know what that's about, but I kid you not, the entire next day after going out, I will just feel hot and I will feel miserable. And I don't know really when it started or why it has become a thing, but it is at this point. It's happened one too many times for it just to be a coincidence. Um, so I don't know what that's about, but that too was happening where I just felt so hot. I felt so disgusting, felt so uncomfortable in what I was wearing and we had a day of activities planned. So what did I do? I got up, I threw on my face, I did my hair, brushed my teeth, got ready for the day and fucking did these activities like a champ. No time to rest, right? Because it was the last day in Philly. I'm not going to sit there hungover. I'm going to enjoy my last day. And it was my birthday. I should enjoy it, right? So that's what I did. And it was all fun and games. I was able to forget that I was feeling like absolute shit for several hours. For several hours, literally went about my day visiting just different sites and stores. We had lunch on a boat in the Delaware River. I can't even remember what it's called. Um, and everything seemed fine. Like for a while, I had forgotten that I did not feel good, that I was hungover because I was just doing so many activities. And in the midst of doing these activities, I was still trying to hydrate. Granted, I did have a coffee to start off my day. But I feel like if I don't have a coffee at this point in time, my body is just conditioned to have that morning caffeine. So if I don't have the coffee, I feel like I'm working against myself. So I needed that coffee, even though the coffee isn't the best thing to have whenever you are dehydrated because it's it's just not. Um, Yeah, so I did have that. I will own up to that. But I did also have orange juice, which is my holy grail after a night of drinking. I will fuck up some orange juice like nobody's business. Don't know what it is about it, but I love me a good cup of OJ, a couple cups if I'm being honest. And I did have quite a bit of water whenever we went to have lunch for my birthday. I did not even order a drink because the sight of alcohol made me want to upchuck the literal sight of it and I just knew better so I didn't even order alcohol then I spent the day hydrating mostly you know but I was still doing all of these activities and it was like 
once we got to the airport, got through checking in security and customs and got food and sat down for the first time other than like lunch that day, we had sat down. It's like everything fucking hit me all over again. Not only did it hit me all over again, it was a lot worse because I was at the airport around a whole bunch of people. It's completely packed in the midst of me just feeling like shit. The Eagles fucking win the playoffs. So here I am watching all these people celebrate singing fly eagles fly i'm not sure if that's uh how the song goes uh but you know everyone's celebrating wanting to hug and it just feels so stuffy in the airport i get up i go to a shop i get some tylenol i get some orange juice i get some more water i'm really just trying to aid my body in recovery at this point because whoo everything just started flooding back I was hot all over again. I had a headache all over again. I felt congested and, oh, I don't know. Just literally everything hit, but it hit so much worse. So I'm sitting there trying to distract myself by any means possible. And as I'm like just trying to get into this state of zen, our flight gets called to board. Yes, right? so excited because we are now getting ready to board I'm getting out of the airport oh was I wrong we are the last group to board which is kind of funny because we had completely forgot to check into our flights the night prior because once again need I remind you we were out partying celebrating my birthday okay so our flight left at 7 30 and we flew Southwest. So with Southwest, you have to check into your flight 24 hours in advance. Now you don't have to check into your flight, but I don't really know what happens if you don't check into your flight. Maybe like if you were late to the flight, then they don't account for you being on the flight since you didn't check in. They just take that as like you canceling. I'm not sure. I've always checked in. I've always known to check in. So it's just something that I do. But my friend said that she had never checked in. So I'm like, girl, what? You don't check into your flights. What? Well, we gonna check in. But we did not check in until that morning when I had remembered that we needed to check into our flights because we hadn't checked into our flights the night before. Okay. And when we checked into our flights at whatever time in the morning, it was probably like 10 a.m., 11 a.m. We checked in and it said we were boarding group C. Now, in my Midwest mind, I said, Yes, we're boarding group C. We're one of the first groups to board. We got so lucky because I'm so used to flying on smaller airplanes, I guess. They're not even that small, but I feel like they're smaller because they're leaving from St. Louis or Kansas City. So when they pick up people there and it's just like a nonstop flight going to said destination, I feel like the aircrafts are a little bit smaller. Whereas if it's leaving from New York, Philly, LA, Phoenix, big cities like that, I feel like the aircrafts are bigger. Does that make sense? I know that it fucking does. Anyways, so when I saw we were boarding group C, I thought, damn, we got lucky. We got lucky. We waited over 24 hours to check in and we're boarding group C. Woo. Cause 
previously, whenever I've been leaving from the St. Louis airport or the Kansas City airport, and I've checked into my flight, I've gotten boarding group B or C. Because I never check in like right away, but I do check in within the first hour that check-in opens. And it's always been boarding group B or C. So I just thought that that meant we were in a good spot to be checking in. Nope. We were not. We were not in a good spot. In fact, we were the last two, the last two to board. We were, yeah, yeah, we were the last two to board. And it was so awkward because this carry-on bag that I brought was a Vera Bradley duffel. Shout out to the Vera Bradley duffel. If you were one of those girls in what, like 2020 or gosh, Lee, not 2020. If you were a Vera Bradley girl back in like 2012, hashtag respect. If you still have any of your Vera Bradley products from them, hashtag so do I. And I love it. I love it, right? So I had my Vera Bradley duffel as my carry-on bag. And y'all, for some reason, it was so awkward getting onto this flight, probably because I had so many drinks because I had my water bottle, I had my orange juice that I had gotten, and I had like my headphones and my blanket and my pillow for my head. And I just had all this stuff. And before I had like left my sister's place to get to the airport, I did not really pack properly. So a lot of this stuff could have gone into my bag, but my bag was so poorly packed that there was no room. So it was like on the outside or it was hanging on me, like all of these extra accessories, right? So I'm walking down the aisle to go to my seat. Remind you, I am the second to last person (laughs) to board. My friend is right behind me. I had my Vera Bradley duffel bag right in front of me. Y'all, why did I hit like every single person sitting on the outside seat? Because it was like on my stomach, but it was just so bulgy. And I remember I walked past the first row and I hit someone on the right. I was like, oh shoot, I said, sorry. And then I try to push it to the middle, but it goes to the left and it hits the next person. And I try to push it to the middle, then it goes to the right, hits the next person. All the way down the fucking aircraft. I kid you not. I hit every single person and it was so embarrassing. And I'm not a person that gets embarrassed easily, but every single time I would try to readjust it and just hit someone else, I'd be like, oh my gosh, sorry, 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 sorry. Oh my gosh. And they were probably were worried about me because I was flushed at this point. I was so hot. I did not feel good. And you could see it on me. And I was kind of nervous because I was not looking good and I didn't want to be kicked off the flight because I looked sick, you know? So I was like, I got to keep it together. Well, I didn't. I did not keep it together. In fact, I go to my seat all the way in the back of the aircraft. And guess what? There are not two seats left next to one another. (laughs) So guess what? Not only am I sitting in the back of the aircraft, but I'm not sitting next to my best friend. And not only am I not sitting next to my best friend, but I don't feel good. And not only do I not feel good, the plane is a hell of a lot more stuffy than the airport. I mean, 
it just makes sense. The airport is a larger building compared to the plane. The plane was also booked completely. So there was not a single seat that was open. Not a single one. So I sat next to this couple. I don't even know who the couple was, obviously. But I sat next to this couple, which forced my friend to sit next to two other random strangers. And we're like catty cornered. I'm a row up from her. She's in the literal last row. The literal last row. And I'm catty cornered to her. And out of nowhere, I can't breathe. I started to hyperventilate out of no fucking where. I'm barely in my seat. I'm barely buckled. I barely have my bag underneath my chair. And I just start hyperventilating because I don't know. I just felt so claustrophobic. Everything was so stuffy. There was no fresh air. I already felt sick. I have a fever. I am hungover. I have a headache. The medicine is not kicked in. Nothing is working. My heart is racing. And I'm sitting there in my chair. trying to catch my breath and calm myself down it only continued to get worse next thing I know I feel like my friend's hand on my arm asking if I'm good I'm just like I cannot breathe we need to get off the plane we need to get off the fucking plane like The pilot was saying that we are about to leave or whatever, the runway. And I'm like, no, I need to get off. I need to get off. My friend's trying to calm me down and be, she's being so patient, so nice. Shout out to her. And she's like, Ronnie, we can't get off. We're already on the runway. We're about to, you know, take off. There's no way that we can get off. She's like, put your hand over your heart, one over your belly, and try to count your breaths, in for four, out for six. And God bless my friend for being so kind and so patient during this time. But honestly, I want to be like, bitch, I can't. I fucking can't right now. Stop telling me to breathe. Breathing is the hardest thing to do. And the fact that you keep telling me to breathe is not fucking helping me. That's what I wanted to say. But what did I do? I was trying to take her advice and put one hand over my heart and over my stomach and make sure that I wasn't leaning over because if you lean over, you close your airways and nothing was helping because my hand was literally trembling on my stomach and on my heart and I could feel my heart racing and because I could feel all the physical symptoms and my body was burning up I was in full panic mode not only was I in panic mode I could not get off of the fucking plane and that is what just continued to drive my paranoia because here we are we're on the runway all of a sudden the plane is taking off there is no way no fucking way at this point in time that I can get off the plane even though I've been like almost crying to the point to get off there was no fucking way that I could get off like we're literally in the air not only are we in the air but we're in the air for two fucking hours and the fact that I was in full panic mode was scaring me because not only Am I having a full-blown panic attack at this point? But we're in the fucking air. Let me emphasize that a little bit more. We're in the fucking air. So 
That means if anything were to happen to me, we were in the air. We were in the fucking air. And knowing that alone drove me to a full-blown panic attack. Y'all thought what I just described was bad? Oh, buddy, that was just the beginning of it. I was shaking so uncontrollably. All of my muscles felt so stiff. Like, it was like I was in a complete lock with my body, just shaking. I was hot. I was sweating. I was trying so hard to breathe, but it felt like every single breath that I took was not a full breath and it just made it worse. And I was feeling all of these physical symptoms, which just continued to drive me mad. And I thought that I was going to faint or pass out because I couldn't keep it together. I could not keep it together. And y'all, that was, it was, it was so scary. Fortunately, we had some really good flight attendants who noticed that I was not doing well and they came to ask me if like I needed a drink um, and I got some water and very shortly after that, I got a cup of ice and paper towels which they gave to my friend because she went back because I was like, I think I need ice. My body is so hot. I need to cool off. I need to calm down. I don't know. Like, can you ask them? So she got up. She got that for me. And they also allowed me space, which I think is really important, especially for me whenever I've gone through um, panic attacks in the past. I feel like it's, it's nice to have someone there. But when too many people are there, it, it just kind of doesn't help. It, it makes it worse because then people uh, are not asking the right questions, even though I know that it's in like good faith. The questions that they are asking, like, are you OK? Is there anything that we can help you with? Things like that, that just kind of reminds me that I am not doing well and makes it worse. So they allowed me to have space, which was really good too. And from there, I was just like sitting in my seat, trying my best to calm down so I did not pass out. Like I was to the point where I was going to pass out. And I do think that the water and the ice were like helping to aid this because I was starting to cool off, starting to catch my breath. And then on top of that... The gentleman who was sitting catty corner in front of me had the Chiefs and Bengals game on. Whoop, whoop. So I was also able to distract myself by watching this game. Now, the Chiefs had me fucking scared, fucking scared, because why they always got to play games? Why y'all got to wait to the last quarter? Is that what it is? A quarter? To show you off. No, I need us to be up. I need us not only to be up, but up by like 14. You know what I'm saying? So the fact that they was like playing games and going back and forth with who was in the lead, I can't even remember the scores because I wasn't paying attention, but I know 
that they was playing games enough that it was stressing me out. And it was also not helping with the state of panic that I was in. Cause then I would be stressed about the game. So there were times that I had to look away, but then I would look back. I'm like, come on chiefs, come on chiefs, come on chiefs, come on. But it was nice to watch the game and have that as a distraction. And in having this game as a distraction, I realized that the guy who was watching the game was paying for Wi-Fi because there ain't no way that we in the air and you getting a whole game broadcast to you when I can't even listen to half the songs on my phone. Not that I was trying to listen to them because I was trying to focus on breathing, right? But I can't even listen to half the songs on my phone because I forgot to download them and my phone is now on airplane mode. So I just can't listen to nothing which also was a bummer because maybe that would have been a good distraction, but I had the game, right? I had the game, but something just clicked in me and I realized that he was paying for Wi-Fi. So I asked him how much time we had on our flight and he said about an hour. Now, this was alarming for one of two reasons. One, because we had already been in the air for an hour. So the panic attack that I was currently having had been lasting for about an hour at that point, which is a crazy long time for a panic attack to last. Now, I don't know the science behind a panic attack and if like when I was in full bone panic and hyperventilating and all that, if that was like the true panic attack or if like everything was you know maybe I was just still in like that constant fight or flight mode for that hour you hear what I'm saying um but it was alarming for that reason and it was also alarming to me because we had another hour left in the air another hour that I had to endure and I'm still not doing well I'm doing a hell of a lot better than I was but I was not doing well so In the spirit of finding something to distract myself, I began to set a timer on my phone. And I remember my friend, she just kept asking me questions and she was being so nice and so kind and she was checking in on me and I felt so fucking bad, so fucking bad because she wasn't able to sleep on the flight because she was worried about me. And I know that if the roles were reversed, I would be doing the same. And that just speaks a lot about her and how much she cares for me as a friend. So I'm very appreciative that she did stay up and that she was checking on me. But I could not even talk to her during this whole flight. It wasn't until like the last 10 minutes of the flight that I began to talk to her. And she would ask me just periodically uh, when she saw that I was calming down or getting up to go to the restroom or just at a point that she felt was a good point. She would ask me periodically, how are your breaths? Are you doing okay? Is there anything that you need? Just, just very simple questions, but I could not even answer her because I was so focused on breathing and getting through the flight. Those were the two things that were on my mind. Keep breathing get through the flight. 
And when he told me that we had an hour left, I started setting those 10 minute timers as a note to myself on how much time was left on the flight and to also kind of like track my body and how I was doing as I was coming down off of this panic attack. And every single 10 minutes, the timer would go off. Well, I would stop it before it went off because nobody needs to hear that from Apple. But every 10 minutes when it would go off, I would tell myself only 50 more minutes in the air. Only 50 more minutes. Another 10 minutes would pass. Only 40 more minutes in the air. Only 40 more minutes. Another 10 minutes would pass. Only 30 more minutes in the air. Only 30 more minutes in the air. I would watch the game a little bit. What the fuck are you doing? Get the ball. Don't fumble. I can't even remember like really what happened in the game. (laughs) And then like another 10 minutes would pass. 20 more minutes. We're almost there. We're almost there. I've made it this far. I can make it the rest of the way. Meanwhile, throughout like this whole time, the last hour on the flight, I feel like I was just up and down so much. The first hour, I was locked in my seat, shaking, trembling, couldn't do anything. But the last hour, I think everything was starting to work through my system because I was passing fluids, aka peeing like nobody's business so I kept getting up and going to the restroom and I felt so bad for the people next to me but also I was having a motherfucking panic attack so I did not give a fuck either during that time but I did I did in fact get up so many times and I was honestly probably that annoying um seatmate fortunately I was on the outside so I wasn't interrupting them too much but I can see how that could have been annoying and I do feel like the flight attendants were getting annoyed at me too because I was getting up when like the seatbelt buckle sign was on and everything but y'all I'm sorry I had to do what I had to do to aid myself throughout this process and I did have a conversation with one of them about everything and she was really kind about it so remind you guys I had not been able to talk this whole flight and that is not fucking like me, okay? But I just couldn't. And when I got to the last 20 minutes of the flight, it's like the switch just had flipped. I was starting to feel better. I think it was just because I knew we were almost there. We were almost there. And from there... I was able to just kind of relax a little bit more and all these physical symptoms that I were feeling were starting to kind of dissipate, right? But the last 10 minutes of the flight, I will say, is where I truly felt like myself, question mark. I don't know if that's the best way to phrase it but the last 10 minutes of the flight is where I began to become talkative I started telling jokes again I started to answer my friend's questions the guy who had the game going me and him were watching it up until the time that we landed I would learn on the fucking flight that the Chiefs won the AFC championships and we headed to the Super Bowl baby that was really exciting and I don't know the last 10 of 10 minutes of the flight I was living my best fucking life <laughs> but I had to endure so much to get to that point 
Woo. And you know what is so crazy about having had that experience? It's the fact that I have not had a panic attack in over a year. So panic attacks are nothing that's new to me. But having one to that magnitude for that longevity and being in the air was like a fucked up trifecta. And I definitely felt it that day. From having had that experience, I was completely exhausted once we landed. I don't know if any of you have experienced a panic attack before, but in the past when I've had panic attacks, it's like a full body reaction. And during the time of the panic attack, Your body is really in full fight or flight response. So there's so much like adrenaline and cortisone that is being pumped throughout your body. And it's like whenever the panic attack is over or passes, all of that adrenaline and cortisone that it was once pumping out is kind of retracted. And in it being retracted, it just makes me so exhausted and that is what I felt once we had landed and I no longer felt like scared that I was gonna faint because I was in the air also remind you guys I've not ever fainted once in my life um but if I'm hyperventilating that's a very real possibility right I don't know why that was a thing that popped into my head, why I was scared of that. But like, also I couldn't breathe. So I think that's just what I envisioned happening next. Okay. Um, but yeah, I just remember once we landed, I was so exhausted and (laughs) my friend about, um, 20 minutes out whenever I started to come back to and started to like, you know, like loosen up and breathe more regularly and start talking and everything she tried to lay some jokes down on me (laughs) they were not funny at the time now they are really funny I remember one of the jokes you guys know the song players by Koi Lerae um at one point she tried to say Ronnie 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 you were like this to the pilot hold up (laughs) and I don't know why but we had been saying that all weekend like when someone would ask us something or what we want to do where we want to go what we want to eat we would say hold up um so that was our catchphrase for the weekend but when she said that when she said that I was like that is not funny looking back it is really funny because that's really what I was like when I was trying to get off the plane I was like hold up uh didn't get off the plane fortunately made it through fortunately and yeah she was telling jokes and and it felt good whenever I got back to a point where I was able to say jokes as well and talk about it because on the flight I was not fucking with her I could not talk to her I said bitch for your my sake I need to focus on breathing like I cannot be talking to you (laughs) it was so funny I will not forget this 
before we got off, like we're sitting there, we're waiting to get off the plane because remind you guys, we are in the back of the fucking aircraft, which didn't help my panic attack either. I could feel everything that was happening back there. But as we were waiting for everyone to file out, she was like, Ronnie, I'm so glad you didn't faint. Could you imagine how embarrassing that would have been for me? I could not stop laughing. I was like, damn, okay, tell me how you really feel. But I'm glad that I didn't faint either because I could not have gone through that. And yeah, that would have been a whole mess. But I was so exhausted after getting off that flight. And we don't live in the city. So we flew back into St. Louis, but we still had a two hour drive to get home. Not only did we have a two hour drive to get home, but it had also iced in Missouri. Go fucking figure. We go to Philadelphia up north and the weather's nice. It's great. We're walking around with jackets and not worried. And then we come back to Missouri and it's colder than it is in Philadelphia. It's so cold that it's fucking icing outside. There's been a pile up on I-70 and conditions are just not ideal. It's already 10 o'clock at night and we have to drive two hours fucking home. Two hours turns into what? Like four hours because... Mm, that's a little bit of an exaggeration two hours turns into like three and a half hours Mm, maybe three I don't fucking know but it turns into a long fucking trip because of the ice outside oh my gosh and this was all on my birthday all on my birthday and something else about it being my birthday I remember the entire day that we were in Philly I just kept justifying everything as but it's my birthday and my sister was getting so annoyed because she would try to be like having a serious conversation with me like when she was telling me to wake up in the morning I would go but it's my birthday or when she would ask us where we want to eat and everybody would weigh in I'd say but it's my birthday or at one point her boyfriend opened her car door for not me and I said so you're not gonna open my door it's my birthday things like that and I remember telling my friend once we got back in the car on the flight I was trying to tell myself to calm myself down from this panic attack. You don't have anxiety. It's your birthday. You can't have anxiety on your birthday. Boy, was I fucking wrong. Was I fucking wrong. So anyways, back to the commute back home. It's a two hour commute. Conditions are icy. We stop at Taco Bell. We get some food. And after that, we get on to this long journey. I was so exhausted. I wanted to go to sleep, but I couldn't. I couldn't go to sleep because the last car accident that I was in was due to black ice. So here I was coming off of this panic attack in the air (laughs) just to go into a state of panic while in the car. Not as bad, I will say, but the fact that roads were icy just made me so anxious Not because I didn't trust my friend and her driving capabilities, but more so just because of my past experiences. So I could not go to sleep, but also that was really good because I did not need to go to sleep. My friend had to stay up on the plane the whole time. And the least that I could do was stay up with her while she was driving us back home, right? You know, just so she has company, it's late at night. We're both extremely exhausted. We just spent the whole day in Philly. We just had this whole flight and everything that we had to deal with on there and you know I want to be a good passenger seat rider as well 
Um, but yeah, even in the car, like the first 10 minutes we talked when we parked to eat our Taco Bell, we talked a little bit, but that whole ride back, we barely fucking talked. Uh, yeah, so that was a little bit different, but we didn't get back home until like 1.30 in the morning. And whenever we did get home, I passed the fuck out. I was so tired so tired from everything that I had experienced that day and yeah it was wild and it was definitely not how I expected to end my time such a lovely time that I had in the city with such like a horrific experience coming back home but maybe that's my sign that it's time for me to get the fuck out of Missouri maybe it's just like girl this was your sign not to come home hmm I don't know. Not me trying to like find some spiritual meaning behind me having a whole panic attack on my way back to Missouri. (laughs) I can't with myself. But from having had that experience, I have learned one, that I will not be drinking copious amounts of alcohol before a flight because I really do feel like that was the biggest factor into inciting my panic attack was just me being so hung over to the point that I was having so many physical reactions and then getting on the plane when all of these weren't quite gone, right? So that was number one. Two, I will not be flying at night. I don't know what it is about flying at night. I don't do it. I think that was the first, the literal first flight that I had during the night. There was one flight that I had throughout like the course of a day because I was going to Europe but I feel like that was different I don't know but leaving at nighttime not being able to see anything and all of that that shit's for the birds for me and three I might have to check in with my therapist about getting a prescription for some type of medication before going on flights because that was so brutal and I cannot experience that again I I can't I I can't even explain how just being in that state felt so like helpless so yeah maybe in the future I do need a little bit of medication to calm me down before getting on a flight I don't fucking know I'm gonna try steps one and step two first and then if those don't work then that's gonna have to do medication because whoo child I do not want to experience that again whoo but that's all I gotta say so I guess this really was just a tale of me learning another lesson the hard way and that lesson being don't drink and then fly and on that note you know I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't say drink wells with others (sighs) 